What's up, Warriors? This is Chris from The Weight Warriors. Welcome to the second podcast. Before we started, I just want to reiterate that I am not a doctor. If you have any conditions or anything like that, you will want to consult with your physician before you make any kind of changes to your diet or physical activity. All right, so in our last episode, we talked about setting SMART goals and how to set appropriate goals. One problem with that is I didn't really give you much information beyond how to set the goals as far as what you should be doing or anything like that. And part of that was definitely intentional. The point is to start doing something. So if you've already started, if you're already on your journey, you're already started doing something, then, you know, you're on the right path. And then this episode is going to talk a lot more about kind of where you're going to focus kind of going forward. So that leads us into our topic, and that is the secret, the secret of weight loss, how to lose weight. This is only the second podcast, and I'm already telling you the secret. I'm giving it all away, all the information. Man. You guys are so lucky. So the secret is not that complicated, surprisingly. The secret is consume less than you expend. You, you're you aware of calories. You know that's a thing, right? We'll get into what a calorie is and, and all of that stuff later on in a different podcast, but Essentially, what I'm saying is you need to consume fewer calories than your body is expending each day, or on average, over a period of time. Now, there are some outside factors that can contribute to weight loss or weight gain. Just know that this is a general rule. Except for those circumstances, this is really the key, and this is really what you need to focus your efforts on if you want to see success. So there's two things that that play into it, right? So the food that you're eating and the energy that you're expending to do whatever you do on a daily basis. If you have a job where you're very active and walking around, you're probably expending a fair amount of calories. If you're like me and you sit at a desk all day, your calories are going to be a lot more reduced. You've probably seen on food packaging where it talks about This is percent based on 2,000 calories a day, and that is very deceiving because they're kind of saying 2,000 calories is an ideal amount of calories, when in fact, that's not at all. Your ideal amount of calories could be more than that. Your ideal calories could also be less than that, so so you want to keep that in mind. So being that there are two factors, you know, in versus out, there are really two things that you can focus on. And you can attack it focused on one thing, you can attack it focused on the other thing, or you can attack it focused on both. And I'm going to encourage you to do both. It may seem easier to do one way or the other, but to be successful and for this to be your lifetime change and to be, you know, how you're going to live the rest of your life, you really need to make changes on both ends. Now, me having had some experience actually going through and losing weight and all that stuff, I did focus on the two, so eating and calories. It doesn't mean that I did the best job at balancing those. 
And so what I want to teach you is the best way to do it. Obviously, you're going to find what works for you and you're going to do that. But the goal here is to be healthy. And even though I was doing things to lose the weight, it wasn't necessarily the best for me health-wise. You know, long-term, it wasn't ideal. And it was something that at the time I was kind of setting as a future goal. It's like, okay, I want to get this under control. I want to get this under control. Because my perspective, if you are making changes and you are doing the right things in the right ways, then you are being healthier. (laughs) Yeah, you could make bunches of changes all at once that would instantly make everything you do a lot healthier. But having experienced my struggles and the challenges I've faced throughout my life, making big rash sweeping changes is extremely hard, intimidating, and not very effective. So my approach is to bite off small chunks. Now, obviously, there's going to be things where you're going to want to exceed what you think is possible or capable of, but that's something we'll worry about later. But in general, we want to set attainable goals. We want to set relevant goals that are going to help you to succeed. We have the two things, what we take in and what we expend. So in this first part, we're going to talk about expending. Now, it's very important for there to be physical activity. Your body does better when it's building muscle, being flexible and strong and healthy from an exercise perspective. It's, it's very beneficial. The more exercise you do, the more muscle you build, the faster you burn calories, you know, all those things that are, that are important. Do you have to be a marathon runner? To make your goals, do you have to be a weightlifter, bodybuilder, Arnold Schwarzenegger type figure with just massive biceps to do that? And the answer is no, not at all. You can be strong, you can have strength, and you can have whatever kind of body that you want. If you do want the big bodybuilder build, then you can do that. If you want the lean runner build, you can do that. A lot of people think about strength and they think about like mass. There's a lot of women that that worry about being bulky, you know, just from muscles. And you can be strong without having these big massive muscles if that's what's important to you. One of the biggest points that I want to come across on this podcast about exercise is that we tend to overestimate the amount of activity that we do, the amount of calories that we burn. And that's why it's very important to track. Now, I'll do a whole other podcast on like fitness watches and things like that, but there are a a lot of great benefits to tracking your exercise. One of the easiest, most simplest ways to track your exercise is to actually count your steps. You know, if you want to shoot for 6,000 steps in a day, you know, like that's a good goal to set, but you kind of need to be able to track it and measure it, you know, as a callback to the SMART goals. Now you can go out, you can spend hundreds of dollars on a fancy fitness watch that uh, will make payments for you, play all your music, receive and send text messages, allow you to be Dick Tracy, or you can go on Amazon and I found a pedometer for about 10 bucks on Amazon. That's a very specific piece of equipment. You're not going to be able to do anything other than count your steps, but really that is the most important thing. You need to be able to track your progress, the amount of work you're doing, you know, to make sure that you are meeting your goals. 
And that's going to be something that we come back to frequently is going to be tracking and accountability. So you you need to be able to hold yourself accountable. You need to say, be able to have a specific thing that you can look at and say, okay, I have met my goal. I can check that off the list. It's something that you know, and it's a solid piece of information. So that's why I encourage you to find something to kind of track your exercise, track your, your steps, the things that you're doing on a daily basis. And whether it's something you already have or something expensive or something cheap like the, the pedometer, that is what I would encourage you to do is make sure you have a way of counting your steps. Okay, and then once you have that, that ability, I want you to track your steps for a week. You know, without trying to change anything, continue to do the changes that you made based on the previous episode. And then I want you to to track it every day. You'll get a good picture because you'll come to learn that it's not necessarily what you do today that is what's important. It's what you did this week, what you did this month, the general trends, the, the amount. Because day to day, things fluctuate Different activities happen on different days of the week, different amounts of everything. And so you want to look at it on a daily basis, but the actual changes are a lot more averaged out, I would say, is a good way of explaining it. Spend a week, track it, continue with your goal that you said. If you are feeling like your your goal, you're able to meet your goals, it's not a problem. You know, step them up a little bit, try to increase it a little bit. So if you don't want to buy a pedometer or a fitness watch or something like that, you can you can always just do it based on time. So if you go to like the gym, you can go on a treadmill or something for 30 minutes or walk for 30 minutes elsewhere or whatever you do. It's just a lot harder to to kind of track that. I will give you a little piece of information that you can use to track that as well uh, when I talk about the food here in a minute, and that should help. Like with exercise, food is something that we don't account for properly. So exercise, we, we overestimate what we're doing. Food, we actually underestimate the amount we're eating and the calories we are consuming. So you can see how that has a negative impact. If we're doing less than we think we are and we're eating more than we think we are, that's a recipe for things to not go well for you. So food. That's something, it's kind of the great mystery of all of this. Everybody's got their opinion on what you should eat and how you should eat it and what time you should eat it and what things shouldn't you eat and all kinds of things that people feel like you need to do with food in order to lose weight. Now this first thing, it might be a surprise to you, might not. It is not good. It is not good to eliminate any food types from your diet. Now you're probably familiar with the food guide pyramid. And that is the thing that the government has decided as a representation of how you're supposed to or how much of certain food groups you're supposed to eat. So on the bottom you have grains, then you have vegetables and fruit above that, then you have dairy and meat, and then finally at the point, the smallest things are fats and sugars. While this isn't 100% perfect, it actually is a good representation of how you should be eating. Now, the bottom, the base, the foundation of that pyramid is in very much conflict with the common thought that we're seeing out there today about what you should be eating. You're seeing a lot of no or low carb diets 
gluten-free diets for those who don't necessarily need it for a medical condition. And it goes back to what I said. Your diet shouldn't eliminate any of those food groups. I use the word diet in the most basic of meaning possible, meaning what you're what you eat and not some plan on losing weight, you know, like the Atkins diet or whatever like that. I'm just talking about what you eat, so your diet, your food that you intake. You don't want a diet that eliminates any type of specific group. So you don't want to have a diet that gets rid of carbohydrates or grains. You don't want to have a a diet that you can't have fat, you can't have sugar, can't have anything or fruit or whatever it is. There's a lot of diets that are just subtracting out something. And the reason why that works is because it's a way to reduce calories, reduce the amount that you're taking in without actually having to really track it. And so the answer is basically that pyramid, not eliminate things, it's just reduce the amount that you eat. If I were to tell you your diet from today forward needs to get rid of any kind of sugars, so you need to get rid of candy, ice cream, anything like that. Now, some of you probably don't care for sweets. If you're like me, I love them way too much. But how would that make you feel if I said for the rest of your life, you can no longer have sweets? Or how how much do you think you'd want to continue this plan? How much would you want to follow the course that you're following? How long do you think that will last? And that's the kind of thing you see with these fad diets, such as Atkins. How many people do you know who have been on Atkins are still on Atkins a year or more later? And it's basically zero because it's not sustainable. Food shouldn't be something that you have a bad relationship with. You need to have a good relationship with it. And for me personally, I don't have a good relationship with food. I like it way too much. It's be- it's getting a better, more appropriate relationship with food versus maintaining a bad relationship where there's things that you can't deal with and you can't interact with anymore. Couple things to watch out for when you're looking at something and thinking, is this good for me? One, is it telling you to eliminate certain foods from your diet? If it's telling you to eliminate certain foods from your diet, then that's a fad diet. Don't, don't follow it. Don't do it. The next thing is, is it, is it trying to sell you something? Now, just because somebody's trying to sell something, it doesn't mean that it's instantly bad. But when you're talking about like, the diet and health field is is a massive business. <laughs> There's so much revenue generated from health and fitness and books and help and all this stuff that you can even think of. And so maybe there are some things that are, are genuinely good, but the vast majority of them are things that are trying to sell you something. They're trying to sell you a book or a certain plan that you need to do or a certain product that you need to to have that's going to help you fix whatever it is your problem is. So those are probably the two biggest red flags you need to watch out for when it comes to diet and looking into what changes you need to make. Don't follow anything that tells you to eliminate anything. Pay attention to things that are more interested in selling you things than actually helping you. 
So like we talked about with exercise and last week, we need to set goals. We need to set appropriate goals that we can measure and that we can actually determine whether or not we met that goal or not. What that means is you need to count calories. Now, I'm in the camp of a few years ago or whatever. That was like the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's like you got to count calories. You got to keep track of all this stuff. And, and it is overwhelming when you think about it like that. You know, so you're going to have to pull out a piece of paper and write down every single food that you eat. Then you're going to have to figure out how many calories were in that food. And did you eat a whole serving of that food or whatever? And luckily, there are things due to technology and the internet that have greatly decreased the difficulty in doing this. So the thing that I've found that worked for me was an app called MyFitnessPal. I think most people have heard of it. It's probably the most popular one. It's an app that you can get on your phone. If you don't have a smartphone, you can access it online, MyFitnessPal. And I'm guessing if you can hear this podcast, you have access to the internet, so you should hopefully be able to access that. Personally, I think if you have a smartphone, the way to do it is the smartphone because it has this huge, massive database of just about every food you can imagine. If you go out to eat a lot, it's got every single place that you go out to eat and all the different menu items there. It's got the ability to add recipes that you've created. So you can say, this is what it went into it. This is how many people this is meant to eat it. And then it will divide it up into servings and give you the calories per serving on that. And it's really nice and convenient. It tracks what you do. And if you tend to eat the similar things consistently like they're super easy it keeps track of all the things that you commonly eat and it's awesome you if you have a camera on your phone you can scan barcodes so if you have some kind of ingredient that you are putting in your recipe or if you have you know some kind of frozen something or other or whatever you're eating you can scan the barcode on that box on the package and it will automatically pull up the information for you so you don't have to actually enter anything and all it is is it's got a search function and you can find anything that you need so since i found that that has been a huge 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 massive part of my success it takes a lot of the tediousness of having to track everything and it just puts it in there it's super simple and easy to use now the other thing that this has and i would suggest incorporating this as well is it has places to enter your exercise you'll find a bunch of different exercises in there different intensities if you run on a treadmill or walk on a treadmill you can put it walking and then it'll put It'll have the speed that you were at on your treadmill, so you can say, you know, I put this many minutes at this speed. And so you've gone through, you've put your weight in, you've put your height in, you have all this stuff. And that's what's so great about the MyFitnessPal, and I'm sure there are others out there as well that are similar, but it will then calculate your BMI, and it will calculate how many calories you should consume. 
it's great because it says it'll allow you to pick how much weight you want to lose. So if you're somebody who's really motivated and really going to be able to be successful, you can say, okay, I want to lose two pounds a week. And remember, that's what I said was the healthy weight. One to two pounds is the healthy weight loss each week. And it doesn't let you do more than two pounds. So you put in your two pounds. If that's what you want to do, if you want to do less, that's fine. It will give you how many calories for the day that you can consume in order to lose that much. So it's taking your weight, it's taking your height, it's figuring out how much for you you're going to burn throughout the day. It's going to then spit out exactly how many calories you need to consume to still meet that goal. And that is what is awesome. It, it just takes away any thought from it. It is super easy and convenient and it just says this. And the nice thing about it is it adjusts things. You know, if you weigh 150 pounds, you're not going to burn just baseline doing nothing every day as much as me who weighs 375. As you lose weight, you can expect that you're not going to burn as many calories every day. So as you lose weight, it will reduce the calories to keep that goal appropriate. Now there is one feature that I'm going to advise you to ignore. It's something that if you paid for it, because I believe they have like a premium version or something like that. So if you paid for it, you can disable it, but you don't need to disable it. I haven't seen really much benefit that to me would be worth actually paying money for the app. But when you enter your exercise, what it will then do is add those calories onto your available calories. So if it's saying without anything done, you have 2000 calories today to eat. Well, then you go walking for 30 minutes and you burn 300 calories. It's now going to tell you, you have 2300 calories to burn. Now, I don't recommend doing that. Stick with the 2000. Stick with what it takes to not have to exercise. You don't want to get into a pattern of having to exercise to compensate for the mistakes you made with your diet. Again, you can you can pay for the app and get that dis disabled so it doesn't do that, I believe. But again, I don't think it's really worth it. it. Just Just know that you don't want to be in a habit of doing that. All right, so you've got your exercise things and how to track it. And you've got your dietary things and how to track it. And you have your app that's combining the both of them and kind of giving you the plan. So my challenge for you this week is to to track your your steps. If you don't have a way to count your steps, I want you to focus in on, you know, how much walking that you're doing throughout the day, just on a daily basis. Are you sitting down a lot at a computer? Are you going for extra walks beyond doing something? You know, just kind of track of your activity. Just keep track of your activity. But again, I would recommend getting a way to track your steps just to account for that. Because like I said, we overestimate how much we actually do. So the easiest way to, to get an accurate picture of what you actually do is to actually track it. Okay, and then also I want you to start tracking what you're eating for the next week. Again, I would use my fitness pal. It's super easy and convenient, and it's by far my favorite way of doing it and the least intimidating way I have found to do it. 
So track that, and then next week we're going to discuss a little bit more as far as what we're going to do. Now that we know how to set goals and we know how to track them, we're going to focus in on what we're going to do. What's the plan? So I hope that you found this podcast helpful. If you did, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. And, you know, as always, feel free to visit us on the website, thewarriorsnetwork.com. Leave a comment on one of my blog posts. I would be happy to read and discuss comments made there. So if you have any questions or anything like that, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. And the links for all of those are down in the description of this podcast. So remember, together we can do more. I've been Chris, and this is the Weight Warriors Podcast. <laughs>